Welcome to Cassidy Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 204. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about some of the new products and things we've gotten in over the last three, four months that we've had a chance to play with and do some testing with. Uh, yeah, trying to give give you some feedback on stuff we've yeah we've gotten to, to experiment with. Um, no was, real science. No. <laughs> but um, some of the stuff we've done, a little bit of science. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to get on into it. Yeah, and these are like, so these are, you know, like Brian's saying, these are new products, um, you know, this time of the year, um, getting out and trying to do, you know, something, you know, any kind of, something qualitative or quantitative from a testing perspective is difficult um, this time of the year due to, you know, due to weather circumstances, low light circumstances, and then just time, uh, just busy over the winter. Um, uh, we're going to start off with a, a, you know, one of those products that I think has kind of been done some other different ways, but Bravo Company came out with their recoil mitigation system, which is a slightly longer buffer tube, um, slightly bigger buffer, slightly different spring, etc., and some different options as far as buffer weights go. I think the, the Ultor um, A5 system was similar to this, and there's probably been some others that are in the same yeah. realm. Uh, Bravo Company managed to do it for less than a billion dollars. Um, you got to play with it a little bit. Here recently, uh, you know, and Brian's comment is that is that you know we didn't you're not putting it in a ransom rest or in a sled to see how it moves what the gun actually does that kind of thing. So sciencing no, but run and drill side by side and getting a look at a target and getting a look at the timer to see what's happening there. Switching bottom ends between the same top end of a gun and running a stock bottom end and a stop top end. And you had some thoughts on that or some experience with that recently? Yeah, the BCM kit. I've got the T1 on a 16 inch gun. Um, with the Holosun 510C on it, yeah, um, shooting doubles drills out to at 20, 30, and 40 yards. Um, the BCM kit gun felt significantly softer. Okay, um, it, the gun didn't move around quite as much. Um, I'm just running a was a Gemtech suppressor adapter, but the flash hider version, so yeah. the the muzzle device doesn't do anything for you as far as recoil mitigation goes. Yeah. Um, then on the BCM kit, it wasn't SSA trigger. Mm -hmm. on the standard buffer was a bravo pnt trigger um so i mean the trigger is a little bit easier to to use with yeah. the ssa uh, but the gun it definitely felt into the shoulder a little bit softer okay um and didn't feel like it moved around quite as much um yeah under recoil as a with tall, the bcm kit that's a tall guy did you like having the extra length did you notice that or does that really matter because i mean yeah so with the the bcm kit um you know, I'm running, I think, one or two clicks in. Okay. Whereas with the standard buffer system, I run all the way out. Okay. So there is some, definitely some user learning curve. Uh, with the BCM kit, I've actually got a paint mark on the buffer tube okay. for where to put the stock, because um, I'm gonna move it in okay. just a little bit, and that way I get to a consistent place with it. Yeah, absolutely. I just didn't know, you know, that I, I know it's a little bit longer, and as a tall dude, that's the big yeah. advantage to you. Um, not having run one, I wonder if like the the short guys like me, or even shorter guys, or, or short-limbed guys, thick dudes, um, may run into some issues with that being a little bit too long, because you get to a point where you can only come in so far. Yeah, it adds maybe, it'd be like putting a standard, standard six position tube on a law folder or on one of the shield arms okay. folding lowers it's an inch -ish. where you get that little bit of extra um, so it's not much you know unless you're running the stock all the way in yeah um, you're probably pulling out at least that much anyways okay so you just yeah just don't click it out okay the what you normally do cool cool, um, cool. yeah cool system um, I don't know if I would 
unless you're shooting three gun or multi-gun or something maybe not something i would do as a like gotta go out and get this right now but if you're really rebuilding a lower or building up a new lower um, it is a pretty trick piece of kit um, that has some has performance advantages especially when you're running the gun very very aggressively yeah very cool so if you're starting from ground zero building a lower might be a good thing to do or like you said yeah. rebuild do it up yeah kind of thing. cool um anything else on that because like i said you were just playing with that here recently any other yeah it was it was cool okay um, and i think you know being able to stretch out prone having that extra bit of length okay um would be helpful actually was helpful because i did confirm zero on the upper that that lower generally belongs on before i left and be able to get okay all the way out you know good eye relief and stuff on a low car variable scope. a little more comfy for those of you with some reach with some, yep some height and some reach um cool um moving on to the um the new holosun scs's and then the, some of the other new holosun optics uh that we've gotten to play with the touch EPS uh, the carry. EPS, yeah eps and eps carry um these these optics are interesting the eps and eps carry we've got uh one of our guys here has been playing around with um, some of their enclosed emitter optics uh, we've had a, a couple one of our guys running a closed emitter and then a couple of our customers who have bought the early EPSs and EPS carries uh, got some rounds downrange on them already are very happy with them again as you would expect from Holosun um, the enclosed emitter any of the any of their reticles are very very clear very very easy to pick up they give you a lot of good options they're very feature rich like everything else Holosun does um, option between you know the dot and the circle um, uh, and just a really crisp reticle and then running it inside something that's an enclosed emitter um, it's going to be a little more weatherproof a little more field friendly um, it's also a little more metal over the glass so I don't know if that actually results in more durability or not but it feels like it should uh, it feels like it should be a more rigid box etc so the guys that are playing with the new EPS and EPS carry system really like them um, the EPS's have been out for a couple months now actually on the street like we've actually sold some of those the carries are, are brand new. So the, the couple guys that have them, small small sample size, uh, yeah. but liking them so far. Um, the Those optics, if you haven't seen the EPS and EPS carry, they are, they're very small closed emitters. They're quite a bit smaller than like the 509T, or 508 t or 509T? 509. 509. 509 yeah. is the big one. Um, so they're, they're smaller than that size and that form factor, but they're still big enough to see through very well and don't take up a lot of your vision uh, while you're looking through them, uh, like some of the other closed emitter, you know, box type optics that are out there. Uh, so I think those are gonna be pretty popular as guys, you know, figure out more and more that while having an open emitter on a handgun is probably not a real big deal, especially for concealed carry, uh, maybe it's a duty conversation, that might be something that's a little more amenable to being out in the weather, out in rain, snow, et cetera. We are in Ohio, so. yeah. Um, the and SC, go ahead. So the EPS, those run without adapter plates? They go direct mount? Or do you need the adapter I, I think it, dep it depends specifically on the gun, I think. Um, that system is new enough that there's a couple guns it drops onto, but you do run into the same thing, I think, with the Glocks, where you might have to buzz off a um, the little nubs. Okay. Um, that's something I haven't played with enough to even know, because I haven't gotten hands on enough of those, uh, which I hate to say out loud, but it's just true. So um, I'll have to figure that out and actually do my job and pretend like I'm a professional, uh, a professional retailer of high-end optics and whatnot. So uh, thanks. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I honestly don't yeah. know. And, and I'm sure, you know, that being the case, if there's stuff out there, then I'm sure uh, 
I, I know that like CNH Precision's doing some good stuff on the adapters if it's needed. Yeah. Uh, some of the manufacturers are coming with adapters that are needed, I, that, but that's something I need to do some more digging into. Um, pushing into the SCS, the SCS optics, uh, we've got a lot of guys running the SCSs now on Glocks, and then a few guys already running them on Smith & Wesson products, the, the new SCS Smith. Um, those optics are proving to be just a big enough window, just a sleek enough design to be comfortable to carry big enough to see through. Uh, again, very feature rich. Um, I know some guys are a little concerned about having an enclosed battery or a sealed battery that's got to go back to Holosun for service at some point. Um, you know, that that will bear itself out. That is truly an unknown. It's such a new optic and Holosun saying something like eight years plus um, on that, you know, that they don't expect to see anything back for service. And then, you know, at some point, yeah, we'll service it, put a new battery in it, send it back to you and go on. Um, the SCS, if you're not familiar, is a direct mount to Glock in the MOS version, and then it's a direct mount to Smith & Wesson m Series 2.0 guns, uh, direct mount to those guns as well in a different version. Um, those optics mount very, very low into the gun, so you do not need to buy um, any kind of raised height sights. You don't need suppressor sights or anything like that. Your standard carry sights on those guns, standard, standard stock sights on those guns will all work right through the optic. Um, some advantages. Uh, a couple guys switching over that were not dot guys throwing these on the gun. You're you're looking right through your regular iron sights. So there's a conversation around not getting used to a little bit of a di slightly different draw stroke, punching the gun out maybe just a little bit lower so that your eye box is looking through the center of the window. You're now where you normally would be anyway, punching out. So there's already a conversation around some new guys running them saying that the learning curve is probably a little less. Um, that coming from guys teaching new guys to use them. Um, not necessarily from the new guy himself because he wouldn't necessarily he or she wouldn't necessarily know that uh, But real low mounting system real low on the gun direct mount no plates to fail no screws to fail You know except for the two that are in it uh, no interface to give up yeah. no extra screws no extra hardware um, and, and and pretty interesting system the other thing we ran into with the SCS um, some conversations if you've played with some of this the optics that auto adjust some of the cheaper optics, you can see almost a lag in the adjust time as the optic gets brighter or darker based on atmospheric conditions. A couple of guys were able to use these in, on a closed range um, where you can control the lighting very well and said that, that they react extremely quickly, like imperceptibly quickly. If, if the lights come on, the, the dot's bright. Um, if the lights go out, the dot's dim. It does what it's supposed to do very, very well based on environmental input, environmental stimulus, uh, as it should. Uh, just like the Trigicons. Uh, Trigicons, you might see a perceptible blink as it comes down or goes up, but not much. Not enough to really, not enough to throw you off of anything from a fighting situation or anything like that. Um, so nice to know at the SCSs and the Holosuns that that technology is right there as it should be. So anything to add to those? Yeah, um, you know they work. Having the having the direct mount again, going from if you're going from irons to an optic, mm -hmm. having the optic centerline be at the same place as your irons yes. really does make a difference on the draw stroke because yep. um, you don't have to adjust anything. Yeah. So if your draw stroke was good and consistent with your iron sights, um, it's going to be there with the optic yeah. and that, that will significantly reduce the learning curve um, to be proficient with the optic. Agreed. Agreed. The other thing, um, guys, there's a, the Holosun name is still one of those names that I think weirds people out. Um, you know, if, if you are a, a made in America kind of guy, totally cool. Um, that Trigicon's for you. Get a hold of Trigicon and we'll, you know, we'll get you an RMR or an SOR, SRO or something like that. 
Um, the price point differential on the Holosun stuff, it's one of those value conversations or value propositions where the I, I can't find a detractor to say, normally I would say something like, well, it's 95% of the performance at you know half the price or something like that. In this case, I'm not finding a differential in performance versus the Trigicon. And I, I'm not seeing a differential in durability versus the Trigicon yeah. either, which is something that we've had a couple years now with these things. And we do have some police agencies here locally, um, some tactical units here locally that have been beating on these things now for, for a decent amount of time, training with them and working with them. And they're not having significant failures um, that aren't anything you would expect. You know, I mean, you, you, take the gun, you take the gun and throw it down range on accident and it lands on the optic and breaks. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a conversation. Um, on concrete and stuff like that. I, there's a whole lot that's not going to hold up to that. Um, but in general, the durability the, and the longevity seems to be there. Um, so that's, you know, these, these are more and more and more duty-ready options, and the law enforcement community is proving that for us, which is kind of nice. So thank you guys yep. that are out there beating on them. Um, you know, and, and if you're one of the guys running one of these things and you happen to catch the podcast and you've got input, feedback, or anything else, we'd love to hear it so that we can share it with our customers and try and give them you know, real world up to date. These guys are using it. This is what they're experiencing, kind of thing. Um, we, we, you know, we're in for that too. We beat on them, but small sample size. So again, yeah. uh, anything else? Yeah, I mean, with the Holosun stuff, you know, if you can have two pistols set up with optics, yeah, um, versus one pistol set up with an optic with an optic from somebody else, yeah, um, having two pistols set up with optics is probably a good idea. Yeah, well, pairing is one and one is none. Mm -hmm. Two is one and spare and a, gotta feel like biden yeah anyway um next topic magpul um magpul's come out with some new products some new storage stuff uh i i, I know that like bags and storage stuff generally are, are not I, I don't know if they're exciting to other people like they are to me um i'm a little bit of a nerd for as disorganized as i am i really think organizational products are super cool um, if my wife heard this, she'd be laughing her ass off right now uh, because she is actually organized. I just want to be. Um, so I, I have purchased, you know, one or two of almost every Magpul organization product that's come out, almost with the idea, with having not really having an idea what I even want to use it for. It's like, huh, let's grab this, yeah. throw it on top of the safe, and then at some point I'm going to be cleaning shit or putting stuff away or setting up the range bag, and I'm going to go, man, I wish I had a, oh, boom, there's a DACA pouch. Um, the new DACA pouches have come out. If you guys haven't, we've talked about the new pistol pouches. I, I'm, I'm playing with one of those. Um, super happy with it. It's just the right size. Yeah. Doesn't take up a crap ton of space. Um, unlike hard pistol boxes, um, I can throw a couple pistols in those pouches in almost any bag and feel like they're pretty well protected, whether it's a range bag or whether it's a duffel bag, uh, that kind of thing. Um, they, they also have some new little organizer pouches that are like rectangular-ish. They have some volume to them. Um, that I'm using one of those for like my timer pouch because it's a little yeah. bit padded. It's got room for batteries. It's got room for accessories and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm using it for that. Um, it's bright orange so I can find the timer, you know, we're out on the range in the dark and stuff like that or in less than ideal conditions. It's easy to find. Um, I know some guys using those for med kits in bright orange as well. Um, you know, if that's the right size and trips your trigger, awesome. Yeah, if you're doing comms, be that radios or you know cell phone, laptop, like adapters and yeah. cables and stuff, yes, work really well for keeping all those organized. Yep, and they're again being DACA, they're muck proof, so yes. not not submergible. But if you did drop them in a puddle, you're probably okay as long as you get it out of the puddle before it sinks. Exactly, and I would say too, 
um, that I had a gentleman ask about using that for a, a, a cell phone while surf fishing, possibly in the rain, splash from the surf, stuff like that. I think that's a no on that. I think if you took that same pouch and put it in a backpack, um, you'd, probably be okay. you'd probably be okay, you know, and, and, and then anything critically that needed to absolutely not get wet, maybe throw it in a lock sack and then in that pouch. Yeah. from a per perspective of having your accessories mm -hmm. that you were talking about, spare chargers, things of that nature. Yeah. And Magpul has some new docket pouches coming out soon that are rated to be actually waterproof Yeah, um, and submergible and all that kind of stuff. We just don't have them yet, um, but they are on the way. Yeah. And so, you know, running along with the new Magpul stuff, and there's some not new Magpul stuff like the envelopes. Um, and it's funny that, you know, that this where this topic comes from is this has actually come up a couple times in the last couple of weeks where people are talking about the new stuff. And then we get into uses for the other stuff. Uh, one of our customers has one of the big envelope pouches that he keeps all of his copies of tax stamps and stuff like that in one of those in his range bag. Um, so he's always got all of his stamps with him no matter where he's at, no matter what he's doing, he's going to grab the range bag and then yep. whatever other accessory or tool. And so all those are in there. Well, that's a perfect utilization of that. Again, not waterproof, but it's in a bag that's pretty water resistant. Um, you know, at the bottom of the bag kind of thing. So yeah. I mean, as long as you're not swimming somewhere with it, you're probably all right. Um, I use some of the smaller pouches and the volume pouches. I have one per rifle. So if I have tools that go along with the rifle, adjustment tools like for LaRue, uh, LaRue's got QD levers and have a special adjustment wrench for QD levers and stuff like that. Um, spare batteries, manuals for optics and stuff like that that I just throw in there with the gun, with the bag, with whatever, and it's, it's always together, it keeps things simple. So the new DACA stuff, um, between the, the grids that they're doing for the gun cases that we've gotten to play with those a little bit, mm -hmm. um, they are very Lego-ish. Um, there are some concerns about, you know, how long is this gonna last? How do the pieces fit together? How do they lock together and stay together? Um, as you see how it fits in a big case and you close the case, it holds everything into place. There's enough tension with the mounting blocks going into the grid by itself and then when you close the case with the foam on top of it, stuff's locked in. It's not going anywhere. Um, I'm sure that, you know, Drake and the boys at Magpul beat the living crap out of these before they put them out there. Um, but just seeing what we've seen with them so far, it, 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 I can't, it's stunning to me nobody came up with this idea sooner. Yeah. Like, I wish it had been me. But such is life. Yeah. Uh, so definitely take, you know, if you're chasing down organizational stuff, especially as we come out of winter and into spring, you start doing some spring cleaning. Uh, maybe you clean your guns that once a year that you clean them and decide, hey, I wish there was something I could do with this case. Um, the grid things that we have, while they have designed them for specific cases, um, they, they're foam. You can cut them. So if you had a different case that you thought, well, this case is perfect for what I need, maybe you know come in and pick up that kit and still cut it up to fit where you need it to go, but still have the modularity once you get there and go from that. The ones we do have in stock are for the Pelican Vaults. Um, the vault like 830 or 800 and 730 cases so yep. they're the 800 is huge it is a ginormous so if you're gonna buy one that would fit in anything you could cut it down to fit it that would be a great way to go yeah so I uh, already talked to a couple guys doing also doing some oddball stuff where they're layering those up and doing multiple things in a, in a deeper case uh, too so um, around camera equipment and around some fragile comms equipment where they're layering those up, putting soft foam in the bottom for compression, soft foam on the top for compression, layering in a couple layers of comms gear, and then smushing it all together. And there, I don't know if these guys were test driving this stuff. Um, a couple of these dudes are uh, military guys, yeah, who get to play with cool toys, and they they've apparently had this for a while. 
Like they've apparently had the Magpul versions for months. So, and they're super happy with it. So that's kind of cool too. Uh, anything else on the Magpul? Yeah, the, um, the DACA, the XL takeout containers yes. re work really well as motorcycle luggage. If you got a sport bike, Mm. Um, cafe bike, whatever you want to put enough to have, you know, a wind wind jacket, a water bottle, and whatever you're bringing home from the coffee shop. If it's coffee beans or yeah, bottle of booze, whatever um, fits in there. Okay. Um, yeah, waterproof, ridden through big rainstorms, kept everything dry. Okay. Um, yeah, and being able the way the the roll down on that thing works with the the clip buckles. Mm -hmm. You can generally run the clip buckles underneath either the passenger drive handle or through the subframe. Okay. Um, and it's nice and secure. You know, gotten it up way past where it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're talking about specifically like air velocity, like air yeah, moving around at like, high rates of speed, like yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're looking for that, like, oh, I wish I had a little bit of storage on the bike kind of thing that's gonna work when it gets in the rain um the xl takeout container from magpul works really well cool um i'm using that as uh, I, have, I have four kids uh, we spend a lot of the winter on the weekends out hiking places um i throw spare gloves spare hats spare puppy that kind of stuff all in that bag and it stays in the back of the truck uh so when the dog gets in and out of the truck wet and steps on that bag it doesn't matter uh but when you end up somewhere and somebody went oh I, I forgot my gloves. Um, you can go, well, check in the bag. They may have to dog, brush the dog hair off um, and the mud off of it from the dog sleeping on it or whatever, but uh, works great for that too. So great incidentals type bag. Yeah. Um, maybe big enough for an overnight bag, um, summertime overnight bag or, or something like that um, as well. Uh, you know, some of this stuff, the takeouts specifically, I started looking for uses and then again, found uses for them very, very rapidly. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Again, not submersion waterproof, but very, very water resistant. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the mag is up. And again, with Magpul, well thought out, well laid out, you know, good stuff. Um, lights. There's some new lights out there without beating this to death. Uh, some things we'd like you guys to take a look at and also get feedback on. The new Rain 3.0s with, I don't know, 400 trillion candela or whatever it is. What is it? 100,000? Uh, I'll find out. Yeah, it's it's a it, it's big. It's 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 a ton of push. Uh, we've got a number of uh, some LE guys and some guys out there running those that are you know playing with these things. And you wouldn't think that going from what seventy to yeah. So the Rain three point is one hundred thousand candela, twelve hundred lumens. Yeah. Uh, it is only in the big size. Yeah. Um, because it'll run on either an eighteen six fifty. Or two um, CR123As. Yeah. Um, you can go back and forth with the batteries. Um, so you can't run two little batteries in the smaller size. So there is no smaller size. Yeah. Um, yeah, it comes with the switch, comes with the 90 degree Picatinny mount, um, the battery charger, and one 18650, um, all for 400 bucks. Brilliant yeah. package. Yeah, still, still Scout mount compatible. So yep. if you have an Arasaka or one of the Rain Torrent or Cloud Torrent mounts or any other Scout compatible mount, um, again, Magpul makes a couple of those as well. Anything Scout compatible, you can push it on. Uh, the Going to that 100,000 Candela, um, the reports back from guys playing with them are that it, it, is, it is more. Um, and some of the testing, again, being subjective, 
um, hey, I'm going to go 50 yards downrange, let's clear this weapon, or let's just take the light off the weapon, yep. and let's point the light at me, just the light, no weapon, and see what this looks like versus the 70,000 version. And, and it, it's more. It's brighter, it's more. It's a little less lumens, but the way it's focused is definitely more. It's more reach, it's more hot. Um, it's more debilitating on the bad guys. So even if you say, well, you'd never use a light on a guy at 200 meters. Well, okay, yeah, no crap. But I might use one on a guy at 20 meters. And if he can't see me at all and see anything else, I win. I'm in a lot better position to win. Uh, and I think that's the name of the game with this light. Going to CR123s also addresses a lot of the main drawback to that light in the past. The previous two versions have been a lot of guys saying professionally, my agency or the military gives me a bunch of 123s but I can't run them in this light, so it's a no-go. Well, it's no longer a no-go. Uh, nice setup, nice switching, like you said, the whole package yep. for Hundo, or maybe even a little less or something like that. For uh, $399.99. Perfect, yeah, a little yeah. less than little 400 less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, along with that, guys, uh, a, a light that's really interesting to us that I've been playing around with. Uh, unfortunately, uh, more, more dry fire, more low light in the home and not range time with this light, but the new HRT tactical light um, is putting out a ton of lumens. It's a really good quality light from an output perspective. It's running step for step with the previous generation cloud and then with the mod light stuff. Um, the big thing with the HRT light that I found that I liked a whole lot better, um, they're calling it the AWLS, the Advanced Weapon Light System. 1700 lumens, 90,000 candela. Um, they're saying it's a 500 meter light, cool, whatever, IP68 waterproof. Um, th this light has a really interesting switch. The switch is a clicky on from the rear if you want it constant on, but from a momentary, you tap it from any side. It's it's like a it's almost like a rocker switch that goes in any direction. I don't know how to describe it, uh, but we've got them in the shop. You can demo them and play with them. Um, definitely take a look at this light, especially if you're somebody who might run cross shoulder transition and run the gun off the other side. It's a lot more forgiving about you don't have to have worry about where your pads placed. You don't have to worry about how you're going to get your left hand on it or get around. If you can just bump the light, it's going to come on. Yeah. It yeah. would work really well on a like an AR pistol or an SBR. Yeah. Um, that's any kind I'm of sub gun. Yep. It's like a CZ Scorpion where the, the forend's a little bit too thick yeah. um, to run a top-mounted tape switch. Yep. Um, but with this, because you know, you're just bumping the back yep. of the light, um, and it doesn't have to be a perfect, you know, yeah, it doesn't have There's to be no a perfect, perfect strike. Placement. Yeah, just get on the cap. You just got to get on the on the on the toggle switch thing. Yeah, if you get on the toggle switch and basically push it off axis, it's going to come on. And when you let go, it turns off. Um, and I'm a big fan of momentary switches on real world guns. And you can click it on if you want to. Um, but this thing, and you're talking about you know ninety thousand candela again, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, ridiculous amount of light. Um, you know uh, the reach. They they say five hundred. Uh, I know for sure from what I've done with it. I I have. I have a specific marker that's that's just short of 300 yards, and it lights it up like daylight. Matter of fact, when I was jacking around with it, it was a lot like the cloud lights, where like I stepped out at 10 o'clock at night on the back porch and hit the light, and then went, I wonder if I just woke up. <laughs> it hit the ghost lights, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's freaking bright. Uh, neat light to check out. Uh, and local guys, so the guys at HRT are really good dudes. Uh, this is an entry into the light realm that I don't think is getting enough looks right now. I think as soon as you start playing with it, it really makes sense. So that's one to take a look at. Um, the next one, and probably the last one for light specifically, but the new Surefire Turbos, specifically the X300s. Yeah. Got a couple LEO guys running those. 
Um, it's a blindy blindy. Again, same conversation. It's you really can't tell that it's not putting out as much light as a regular 300 lumen wise, but it's putting it all in one place very very well. So the guys that are using it again are seeing more reach. Um, you know, it, more penetration of um, window tint on vehicles and stuff like that. They start working around cars. Just the law enforcement officer that really matters. Uh, the standard 300 is putting out a lot of light, but this focuses it more in one place, pushes through window tint better, blinds the potential bad guy better so that he can't fight back, uh, might keep him from getting froggy when he realizes he can't see crap. Um, and in the exact same package, so still holster compatible, um, the same switching, still same switching compatible. So if you've been running 300s, you're not losing anything, having to retrain what you're doing. Uh, probably will be seeing that this one works well on a carbine or a rifle. Again, I run a on an SBR-ish kind of gun. Today's terminology, not last month's. Um, I run that top dead center, a 300 top dead center. This might be an interesting light to throw on a gun like that to give a little more reach um, yep. if that's something you feel like you want or need. Probably, again, for me, it's a little more ability to blind somebody at a little further distance. It's a little more ability to take the fight away from somebody at a little more distance, maybe before I have to shoot somebody. Um, so really interesting tool. Yeah. Anything Ho else? Hopefully Surefire ships a lot of them very quickly. Yes. Um, the two that we got went to the black polo shirted man. Uh, he's yeah. been driving them, so we haven't yeah. even gotten to play around with them ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, 300 turbo is definitely the the new evolution of the x300 um, and being an x300 it still fits the same same holsters form factor yep. so holsters logistics all that stuff because um, the world revolves re the world revolves around x300s and yeah. taylor 1hls true statement true <clears throat> statement um, and and there are proven systems from just raw durability functionality etc um, so if we can make the light output better or, or more functional in some specific way or another, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, Surefire, take note. Make a whole bunch more of these, please. Catch, try and catch up. Uh, the turbo lights are also coming in their Scout Light series. Um, I'm going to hold judgment on that to see what they're doing because I think Surefire is about four years behind on rifle lights. Um, they've always done well with pistol lights, but rifle lights here recently, they got left behind. So, um, you know, kind of want to see where that comes out on the 300 and on the 600 lights, especially on the 300. Yeah. Uh, last thing, Glock 47. Um, Got to play a little bit with these. Basically, if you haven't looked at a Glock 47, a Glock 47 is a Glock 45 frame with a Glock 17 slide that has a extended dust cover on the slide that retreats back into the frame. So if you think Glock 43X and Glock 48, exact same frame, but the longer 48 has a metal dust cover on the slide that retreats back into the frame and keeps that area closed. Um, I'm not sure who requested this or why, um, but it is out there, it gives you the 45 frame, it gives you the ability to put a G19 slide on it if you want a shorter gun. Um, or it gives you the ability to take your 17 slide and put it on a G19 frame and have a Glock 19L if you want to play mix and match Legos. Um, curious to play with this and see what other advantages. Uh, this, my understanding is this was an agency requested gun for some reason. And now that yeah. it's out there on the market, uh, there are more than just rumors that Glock is probably going to discontinue 17 frames. Uh, I heard 17 MOSs are going away. Okay. So they're going to keep doing the base 17. It? Okay. Um, but the 17 MOS is now, you're going to, if you want a 17 MOS, get one soon because they're going to be collector's editions. Okay. And we heard um, it. We heard, I, I heard the, a slightly different version of that. 
from a from a you probably have better a very in the no source who's saying that that you you may very well see G seventeen slides on the whole or G seventeens on the whole may go away because they don't need to make a second if they're gonna make that slide they don't need to make a second frame yeah and that you could be right though maybe they're only gonna do the forty seven as an MLS at this stage of the game I'm almost done buying guns that aren't optics cut if an optics cut of options available yep. um, interesting gun if you haven't run a G45 that's an interesting gun a little less reciprocating mass it, it it's a joy to shoot they do everything at 17 does but a little bit smaller a little bit lighter same grip though same easy to get a hold of having the ability though to play around the slide and put that longer slide on a 19 is one of those weird quirks I've always wanted to do I've talked about cutting down a 17 um, I just never had the cojones to do it um, so maybe I won't have to now. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, just got them in stock. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, they'll probably all freaking 12 of them will probably be gone. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, give us a call. Let's talk about them. Stop in and let's see it. See what you guys think. If you shot one again, hopefully we can get out and get hands on it. It's a Glock. It should be boringly reliable and more accurate than I am. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. On that note, as we come across interesting things, we try to get them Post it up to our social media. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, search for Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, search for Cap City Outfitters 2. Um, the commie bastards at Meta have been egregious over the last week or so. I don't know if anybody in the industry has seen, but um, they actually took down SIG Arms um, <laughs> IG account. Oh. So somehow SIG probably called their contacts at, I don't know, the CIA, NSA. Somebody. DOD somewhere and put the put the screws to Zuckerfuck and um, yeah, got got their IG restored. Um, but yeah, there was some interesting things going on there. Yeah, um, yeah. Sig sells enough guns to the dot gov um, that they've yeah. got to have some kind of pull there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can uh, find information such as how to do an FFL transfer. Or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Uh, also on the website, you can sign up for an email newsletter that comes out on Fridays, or drop us an email to info at and we will add you to the newsletter list. And then come see us here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Uh, we're here 10 to 5, Tuesday through Friday, and then 10 to 3 on Saturdays, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be kind and be ungovernable.